Good morning and welcome to Where Entrepreneurs Thrive. My name is Russ Nolting. I'm the Regional Director of Keller Williams Realty, Colorado. On this week's episode, we're speaking with Ian Atha to discover how he became the entrepreneur we see today and what makes him thrive. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Russ, how are you, brother? Doing all right. Hey, let's dive right in. Tell us your story. How'd you get into real estate and uh, how'd you find your way to Keller Williams? Yep. So real estate, my wife is a real estate agent and she essentially built a business. So I kind of married into it. Uh, what, I, I finished my degree back in 15, non-traditional, went back to college, was in the dot-com business way long time ago, late 90s out of high school, was in the marketing got my marketing degree. We're like, we're going to go back and move to LA or San Francisco for marketing. And my wife's like, why would we do that? We have a thriving real estate business here. So I jumped right in. I was already working on the back end side of things. So with, you know, marketing, building systems, you know, the, the books, the finances, building all, you know, the 33 touch, building all that out, but it was not on the front end until 15 got licensed. So eight years licensed. My wife pretty much taught me everything, including, you know, quite frank investing. And I just kind of took off from that. Uh, and my side note, my mom's real estate agent and my grandpa had a brokerage. My grandpa had a brokerage in Michigan, which I never thought I'd be in real estate. I thought I'd be in marketing. And yeah. then, but real estate is marketing. If you're doing, yeah. in my opinion, a great job for your clients. So there you go. Awesome. So uh, now have you been in Montrose uh, all your life? No, uh, I've been here 15 years now. Um, okay. had a, I'm from Northern California and had an epiphany long time ago, like in 2000, that someday I'd be in. Colorado, you know, <laughs> snowboarding where the, where the beer flows like wine, the women flock like well, capastranos, you know? <laughs> and so anyways, ended up out here, um, long story or short story, whatever you want, but end up out here. We love it here. Great place to raise a family. The snowboarding and the outdoors here is fantastic. The rivers are getting going right now. The, the quality of life here is unbelievable. So we are very, very grateful and blessed to live here. That's awesome. So your wife got into the real estate business. Was she initially with Keller Williams or, and, and then you joined no. her at Keller Williams or? No, we were at a boutique uh, brokerage here locally and then switched over in 2010. Okay. So really like the, for us, the, the trough in the market for us, yeah. 2010 was like horrible. So we actually couldn't make our mortgage, mortgage payment one time. I was actually guiding whitewater rafting and teaching snowboard lessons and going to college for business. So like we were broke as a joke. It was funny. I call it the PBR budget. So we would have, we could afford PBR, but not like, you know, Coors Banquet, right? So right. <laughs> I love it. How'd you guys find your way to KW? So a friend of ours, Bernadette Waltrip, she... And my wife were doing accountability and coaching together. They're doing actually the Brian Buffini together. Yeah. And, you know, Bernadette was like, hey, you got to come over. Here are the systems we're running. Here are the models. You're going to get, we weren't getting the training we wanted at the boutique brokerage or the support necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a really small boutique. And, and so uh, my wife actually went to family reunion with uh, Bernadette, I believe. And that's really what got her pumped and fired up for um, coming over to KW. Awesome. So, um, so you got into the business uh, as a licensee in about 2015. Yeah. Tell us about your, the growth of your business. I mean, and, and, and tell us what it looks like today. Yeah. So the growth of our business, uh, not easy. Uh, we're, but simple, right? So we're running essentially the MREA model. We're like a, we're at 
five, we're at a five transitioning from a five A to a five B business. Okay. <laughs> so we just hired on, well, the, the full-time buyer's agent that we have, he transitioned to full-time listing agent. Um, we have a listing uh, coordinator slash manager that's, that's part-time who also runs our team marketing. We have a full-time director of operations, full-time transaction coordinator, one buyer agent in production, and we are definitely needing another buyer agent in production. So um, we're short of buyer's agent essentially. So yeah. um, we started from my wife essentially being like a mega agent, just doing everything with one assistant. Um, she was doing like 50 years, 50 deals a year and doing, we were doing fix and flips together while I was going to school and her like smokers coming out of her ears. Our marriage was actually, you know, it was, it was, I almost took her cell phone and threw it across the room. Cause you know, she's taking texts at 10 o'clock at night in bed from, yeah. you know, high net worth clients who are like demand you answer right now. So we ended up just starting slowly leveraging, you know, adding a, you know, full-time uh, admin. And then um, we had actually two full-time, one transition coordinator, one assistant full-time and then we had a full-time buyer's agent i came on and just started i was an internal isa which i didn't even didn't know the term but mm-hmm. i was the internal isa and listing specialist for like probably three years so i'd take all the leads coming in warm them up and hand them off to the buyer's agent so she was doing like 50 deals a year the buyer agent was my wife was also managing everything it was it was a lot but we're kind of on we were we did follow the model even though it's it's messy um but we were following the model and Today we're last year we we did. I mean, last year's a banner year. It's like Toys R Us sales on Christmas. I mean, it, it's it's not every year's like this, right? But we did 1.7 million GCI, uh, 142 units. Uh, 75 of those were listings, and that was our fiscal year. So we run a fiscal year from November 1 to October 31st. Yeah, I'll tell you why we do that if you want as well. But yeah, that's the that's the long and short of it. So uh, just curious with with the the market kind of changing. Yep. Really, I mean, started changing in July of 2022. If, I mean, on a national level, yep. um, what's this year looking like for you guys? Are you continuing to grow, or, or are you seeing some challenges? Yeah, so I think I scared the my team uh, last fall. I bought Charge the Storm T-shirts and mugs, <laughs> and uh, you know, Charge the Storm, you know, toothbrushes. I mean, yeah. we had it all, right? <laughs> um, so I don't think they make those, but yeah. So I was prepping everyone, and the storm. I don't know if it's really showed up yet for us in Montrose. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. unit sales are down around 35% on units. Yeah. Um, prices are stabilizing. They're down 10% for stabilizing. It all depends on the rate. So I'm looking, this is, I'm looking at like November and going, winter may hit and never go away for a year and a half or a year. So that's what kind of mm-hmm. I'm, how I'm prepping. I have actually a list on my phone. I do a, um, a Sunday morning planning tool every Sunday and I review how to prepare for the storm. And that's part of my one year, five year goals review. I look how to prepare for the storm. So I have that list, we can share it. But so I'm preparing by obviously hoarding cash, having inflation protected assets, um, you know, hold a little bit of gold in an ETF. Um, and as far as systems go, just, just prepping, you know, having, you know, having a big reserve fund um, mm-hmm. and just doing the fundamentals and, and having the idea that, hey, if there, if things really suck, mm-hmm. it's okay because markets have cycles. And the good news is we can acquire market share, and then I can actually hire people who are quality because it, it's pretty hard to hire people right now because right. unemployment's so low. So I see it as opportunity. 
I feel like the whole old guard just going away. Like NAR did a survey three years ago or four years ago. They said, if you were to leave real estate, what would have to have happen? It was a massive change of technology, which already happened. And then a shift in the market. And so um, the shift is happening. It's just happening slower than what I, I thought it would happen three months ago, but it's, it's yes. slowly shifting in, in our market at least. Yeah. And depending on rates, I mean, inventory is, is stinky. So yeah. um, it's all, it's, a, it's interesting. It's a quagmire. It, it's very interesting. So it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, it's interesting that there's a, there's a pretty significant delay between a market downturn and the realtors leaving, leaving the business. And we always see this, this funky spot where, uh, sales have dropped. There's less business out there, but the realtors haven't awakened to this yet. And uh, man, when they start leaving, then then it uh, gobbling up market share becomes a bit uh, a bit uh, less challenging, huh? Yeah, yeah, and and it's okay. I mean, I think the thing is just to you know have faith in the process, and it's not easy. Um, and doing the fundamentals of you know what you do every day, you know. Yeah. So and having a reserve fund and not being ignorant about either. And, you know, obviously having your cost down, doing chronic exercises and right. you know, showing yeah. up, shooting up every day. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last fall in uh, KW added a purpose to our, our mission, vision, values, beliefs, and perspective. And the, and the purpose that we added was that we were a place where entrepreneurs thrive. And um, just wanted to get your thoughts around KW as a real estate company where entrepreneurs thrive. Yeah, so I love the fact that we shifted that. Um, essentially, I, I mean, it's funny. Like the, when I first think about that, and I, I saw that, you know, branding, you know, KW lets you brand your own logo and kind of run with your own theme. Yeah. And even the, the team is essentially a mini brokerage model inside under a brokerage. Uh, and so... I feel like there's a ton of training uh, and leverage opportunities that KW provides to let you be, be an entrepreneur or not. You know, some people, mm -hmm. they want to be intrapreneurial, which is, which is essentially what my team members are who are, you know, have shares in, in the business. Right. And yeah. um, I think there's a ton of freedom, a ton of, um, there's not, a, I mean, Hmm. entrepreneurs don't like to be controlled necessarily. And right. I feel like KW is really um, soft handed with how they manage me and how they, they come to help and, 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 and support. And uh, yeah, just, there's other people doing the same thing. Other entrepreneurs doing the same thing, running teams and are running solo agent models. And yeah, a hundred percent think it's, spot on and i think it's a it's a pretty wise transition or just the way i think it's been like that the whole time in my opinion but we're kind of we kind of branded it which is yeah. cool so yeah yeah i think we uh we kind of captured a, a a purpose statement that that is really quite um descriptive of who we who we've always been yeah yeah, yeah. besides uh besides uh, retail uh, residential real estate, what other business ventures are you currently involved in? Yep. So we own uh, long-term rentals, which is pretty standard for most real estate agents who start mm -hmm. to invest. Um, we obviously invest in the stock market um, mm -hmm. and, and pay close attention to that because high net worth clients always want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, we have done fix and flips. Uh, we did 
what, four, three or four of those back between like 2013 and 15. And then the margins got really thin. So we we're like, eh, we're pretty conservative, by the way, investors. So yeah. um, we're like, nah, the margin's too thin. So we started doing, uh, we did some spec building um, mm -hmm. and uh, did great on those. And then just recently, you know, obviously build and sell, right? And then yeah. just recently we built a short-term rental uh, property uh, in the mountains here locally in Duray. Uh, oh. in town, five minute walk from the hot springs. So it was kind of a dream bucket combined with an investment bucket. Yeah. So um, we built the business around managing that short-term rental. So it's actually a lot easier than what I thought it would be um, just mm -hmm. because technology leverages you big time. So um, we're running our first full, you know, peak season here coming up and we'll see how that does. But, you know, we have projected, you know, income of 50 to or profit of 50 to 150 a year. So we'll see how, how it goes, but, um, you know, we're excited about that because we get to go use it also once a month. So right. kind of call it a lifestyle asset, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's cool. So it's been work. I mean, it's definitely been work. We're gonna go up there today and finish the landscaping and go plant like, you know, 30 columbines and, you know, <laughs> you know, 50 lupin, but, um, right. this afternoon, <laughs> yeah. but it's fun. I, we like working. So, uh, we, I mean, and who doesn't like to be in your ray in the summertime? Come on, come on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I like, I love asking this question of, of realtors and entrepreneurs, you know, um, every, every realtor has like a secret sauce. It's like the thing that you do better than anybody else in the business. What, what's that for you, Ian? Do you want it on a systems level or like a personal level? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So on a personal level, I'd say consistency. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much do the same thing every morning. So wake up at five, have a quiet time with the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. meditate on scripture, pray. I just, and a lot of times it's been way more simplified where I just sit there, I do a few gratefuls and I just look at the window of the mountains. And I just think, yeah. and I may like pose one question and look for the answer to that one question or journal like a, about a topic or question, you know, and, and I, typically get revelation insight on business to like relationships. It's cool. And you just, it sends a calm sense of peace. Um, go to the gym, um, work out, eat a, eat a breakfast and then, and then come to work. Yeah. You know, typically, you know, eight fifteen. So yeah, those two first things, the quiet time and the, um, the gym, that's what totally fuels me to, I feel like succeed and on, on good days, on bad days, on hard seasons, you know, easy seasons, you know, highs, lows. That's like the, I've been doing that for probably like 15 years. Yeah. Um, so anyways, just, just the simple habit of that. So, yeah. And, Do you have any, yeah. uh, any mentors around that practice? I mean, I know a lot of people struggle with this. In fact, I was talking to a, an agent here in Missouri recently because uh, we, we started a, uh, a, a, a wellness um, coaching at our market center. Yeah, yeah. This entrepreneur said, "Hey, hey, top producers, you know they they love to sleep in, <laughs> in order to get like sufficient rest." And I thought, "Gosh, that's like the exact opposite of how I think." And I think that's probably the opposite of how you think. Um, any mentors around that, or any any direction you would give someone who struggles with creating that morning consistency? Do you know what time I go to bed? Pardon me? Do you know what time I go to bed? Uh, I'm guessing nine o'clock. 8.30. Yeah. I start, you know, I have a cup of tea. 
start reading about 745, 8, you know, I read weird stuff like, you know, Roman Empire history and stuff like that. And I start like dozing off. And then, and then sure enough, I get in bed by 830 and I, I typically sleep pretty well through, yeah. you know, through the night and sleep's important. And um, anyway, so, so, you know, I think that consistency going to bed early in the morning is, is, uh, or at night to be able to wake up early in the morning, you know, yeah. um, all these small things that are basic, boring life habits are yeah. super important. To wake up at five, you can't wake up at five if you're going to bed at 10 or 11. I mean, you can, but sure. life's going to suck and you're not going to be able to have a good workout. So, yeah, yeah I, I do the same thing. 745, my phone pings me and the ping is put the phone away. And I, I grab my book. I'm reading uh, Chernow's Washington, right, biography of Washington right now, which That's is awesome. amazing. Yeah. And uh, in bed at 830, up at 430. That's so good. You know, there's a, there's a thing that we do on our team is, you know, we don't, well, we turn our phones up at six unless there's like hardcore negotiations Yeah, and we turn our phones on at 8am. So I'm not doing email before 8am. I'm not doing emails or any phone calls after 6pm. And we set those expectations for clients in the very beginning of the listing process or the buyer agent process doing paperwork. Right. So they, they just know that. And, and, but you better be in the office at eight. Right. And they respect, they like that. You text me 815, they're like, wow, this guy's, this guy's a rock star. They're texting me 815. You're like, yeah, I told you I'm in the office at eight. Like, like legit, right? Um, and, you know, just, just we rotate on call on the weekends. So for the team, so most team members typically get a few weekends a month. Um, yeah. So I cover for them. They cover for me on Saturdays, you know, and just having that work-life balance. So you can be on when you're on and off when you're off. And you're not like when me and my wife were in 2015, where I'm going to throw her phone across the room because the high net worth guy is like texting, having anxiety about inspections, like, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. So. Absolutely. So you told me about the secret sauce for personal. Yeah. And that's consistency and, and, and and routine. What about for business? So for business, I would say, so we really pride ourselves and have a lot of fun with it with our marketing package. Mm-hmm. Um, we just launched a two mill property yesterday in your or uh, in Ridgeway in your County yeah. and a really cool mountain property. And we shoot, um, pretty much we treat every, every listing like a luxury property. So the marketing that goes into it, unless it's like less than a thousand square feet, cause videos don't look very good in a thousand square yeah. feet. So we shoot, we shoot a video, we've developed that, um, produce that, have it produced professionally. Uh, and then we do, uh, essentially geographic targeting. So if you go to realtor.com, it's really simple. You can do research and find out where all your buyers coming from. So obviously Montrose is a different market than a lot of other markets. You know, there's a lot of high retiree population, retiree population moving here to retire, mm-hmm. um, people escaping areas to come here where it's just more rural. Right. So you can go on realtor.com and find out where all your buyers coming from. And so for this property we did, we launched yesterday, we found the data. Okay. It was like five different counties in Texas and then Denver front range. And then um, the metros, including Phoenix and around Phoenix. So yes. we are doing juiced targeted ads with that video package. That's that's um, it, it is uh, hosted on our, on our own team webpage. So we have the ability to target that and blast that. And so then they click on, so these people who are interested in your rate are seeing this, Hey, this cool property in Ridgeway just came up. So they click on it and then we tag them. So we're using like MailChimp's retargeting Google AdWord Network to retag them. And so we spend a ton of money, about $150,000 a year on our listings. Um, and so, yeah, we market a team, but we feel like if we market our listings really well, the team will then have that residual 
marketing and exposure as well. So we'd love, so when we show up to listing appointment, we are getting 3% more than the average agent through our expert marketing package. And so if you do the average purchase price in Montrose of 400,000, three times four is 12, we're putting $12,000 in your pocket more when it's all said and done, if you choose to work with us and we employ our extra marketing package. So that's our secret sauce. I love that. That's awesome. Um, and are, are you, I know you and I've had recent, had previous conversations about Google and reviews and things like that. Are you the yeah. tech guy in the organization? I mean, are you the guy that gets all that? So I, we built it like in evolving 13, 14, 15. And then it's pretty much, we built it, had a listening coordinator who didn't have much experience in that essentially run it mm-hmm. and streamline it. So she was running it for like the last, you know, four and a half years. And then we just retook it over me and the director of operations. That's what she's doing right now. Cause yeah. our new, our new uh, LC isn't hired yet or she's hired, but won't start until the 12th. But anyway, yeah. so, so that's that, that system is built. We have it all documented through Scribbly. So hypothetically, it'll keep running. We just have to keep checking in on it, making sure it's, it's doing what needs to be done, all that stuff, right? So. Got it. Awesome. Uh, anything else that I haven't asked you that you would love to share with our audience? Not offhand, no. I appreciate you, Russ, and, and you know, taking the reins over, you know, the regional leadership and, uh, the Rocky Mountain Summit was fun last year. We had some good food there and had a good time. And you're going to be, yeah. if you liked it last year, you're going to be blown away by by it this year. In fact, we haven't told anybody, but we just we just uh, signed an agreement to have Jason Selk as our keynote. Jason is um, like a high performance psychologist, sports psychologist. He was the guy that got the St. Louis Cardinals uh, to the World Series in, oh, was it 06 and, and 2011, helps people who are in high um, pressure environments overcome challenges. And he's written a ton of best-selling books. Uh, it's going to be perfect for realtors who are in, in a pressure cooker right now. That sounds great. I'm super excited about it. Tell me about that picture over your right shoulder. It looks kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, this picture here. This is a uh, pinion juniper. It was, it's evergreen, right? And it was uh-huh. shot during, I think it was like April, May, June of like COVID. Uh-huh. It, this was a night when they had that that meteorite go across, and this is this is a pinion juniper right above the Black Canyon in the National Forest. Yeah. And so my buddy was on Facebook. Hey, I took these shots, and I was going to buy actually a picture of the meteorite, but I saw this. And there's Jupiter and Saturn right there. It's just cool. And um, I saw that picture. And the morning before, like these quiet times, I had read in scripture, it said, um, God saying, I am like an evergreen. Your fruitfulness comes from me. Wow. And some translations say uh, juniper tree. And so in the wintertime, leaves die, right? Yeah. In the wintertime, in the storm, leaves die, they fall off. But the, but the evergreen always maintains green. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it's, it's just inspirational. I look at that. Hey, your, your fruitfulness comes from me. So that's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Great way to end our awesome discussion. I appreciate you, Ian, giving us your time and, and sharing uh, your strategies and, and your talents with us. Thank you My so pleasure. much. Thanks for your time, Russ.